This is the Vince Salerno Podcast, Episode 10. On today's show, we're talking about the trailers for Logan and the Power Rangers. Also, Lucasfilm has confirmed no CGI for General Leia in Star Wars Episode 8. Also, J.J. Schindler is in the house with me talking about the movie Silence. So sit back and relax because the Vince Salerno Podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Vince Salerno Podcast on this Friday, January 20th, 2017. I'm your host, Vince Salerno. I'm joined by my special guest today, a guest who's been on the podcast before, but um, this time he's here on his own. It's no uh, no duo this time, just him, himself, and me. Me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's J.J. Schindler. Hey, uh, if, if still some of you didn't make it obvious, it's J.J. Schindler. How you doing? <laughs> Good. How are you doing? Um, doing all right. It's a little, uh, a little wet. Yeah, it's a little wet, you know, California. But hey, it's it's been said that uh, when it's raining, it means God's blessing is coming down upon us since it's Inauguration Day. Um, there you go. Of course, we wish uh, President Donald Trump the best of luck uh, in office. Congratulations on getting in there and... We're looking forward to seeing you make America great again. Yeah. Even though some people continue to whine about it. <laughs> Get <true>. over it. <laughs> okay, so last time you were here, you were here with Shelby Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, just about to release Anna. Yeah. It's out now. Some people have seen it. I've seen it. It's mm-hmm. great. What have you been up to since Anna? Um, well, I mean, we've been putting the... Um Putting the film into uh, onto DVD and stuff, we've been uh, raising more awareness about it, um, and then since then I've uh, started to get involved with more um, other projects. Um, we have you know senior projects coming up again for our graduating class, mm-hmm. um, yep. so I'm Very involved exciting. in um, with a couple of those, uh, particularly one named um, called Arc that I'm producing. Uh, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic um, story about a girl who finds this this robot. And uh, it's kind of the name comes from the idea of an archangel. It's where the idea of arc Very comes cool. from. So it's kind of got a lot of like ancient biblical like references and stuff, but in a post-apocalyptic world. So nice. it should be really interesting, and it's um, it's a challenge, but I'm looking forward to it. So nice. Well, we wish you and uh, that's Preston, Preston, Preston directing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we wish both of you guys best of luck on that project, and uh, yeah, we'll keep you guys posted on. Uh, senior project stuff coming in the next couple months. Um, of course, I'm doing one. I'm keeping the details under wraps. If you follow me on Instagram, you see I posted a cryptic photo. Um, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about <laughs> it later. Let's get into the top five. I was able to find five stories, unlike last week. Uh, so here are top five, num- starting with number one. We got two trailers yesterday. We got Logan and Power Rangers. Let's start off with Logan. Um I like this trailer. I didn't like it as much as the first one because the first one was just, gah. Yeah. I mean, if 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 there if there are people who are still questioning whether trailers making trailers is an art, that trailer is one to end the argument. I think. Yeah. Um, but th- we're talking not talking about that. One. We're talking about this one. Um, this trailer was great. If you've seen my trailer reaction, you you saw that I liked it. Um, some of the things that I. Uh, picked out was that uh, one the big thing we got confirmation that uh, the girl is actually x23 who's actually like a 
a comic book character who's like a clone of Logan gotcha. um, or, or a female clone. It's it's complicated. I don't know all the lore, but um, so she has the claws, which we all theorized. It was like right. we didn't know if this girl was just a girl or if she was a mutant or something, but uh, she is, in fact, X-23, um, possibly hinting at her taking over the role of Wolverine if and when he dies in this movie. Um, right, they didn't show that. No, it's definitely a, um, I would say, I don't know if this is the right word, but I guess a weaker trailer in a sense, but it still kept with the, the feel that they were going for. And yeah. It still felt like it was... Uh, um, it was close to the, at least staying true to what they were trying to go for with the original one. Mm-hmm. Obviously not as like impactful just because the way it was constructed, but it definitely, um, it was a surprise to me because I didn't, I mean, I knew that this girl had something to do with it. I didn't right. know to what extent. So it was really right. cool seeing that. And then that really opens up like a whole nother, it's almost like he's trying to keep her dumbed down while everything's yeah. going on versus I thought that she was going to have to be saving her the whole time. So, right. and that's coming from somebody who, doesn't really know a whole lot of history behind Marvel and the X-Men and all that stuff. So Right. Yeah, I love that scene in the beginning where she's beating up the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, store clerk. And then he comes in and he goes, not okay. Like she's just like. And then he steals a couple cigars. <laughs> cigars. Like she's this like feral, uncontrolled, untamed animal that he has to look after. Which kind of reminds me a little bit of um, like the good dinosaur the relationship between uh, Arlo and uh, Spot in the mm. caveman. Kind of how he's this feral, untamed kid um, with this dinosaur, which, you know, I think it'd be the reverse, but it's not. Anyways, um, so I think that's interesting how he's kind of going to be teaching her how to be sort of normal. Um, Obviously not too normal since she is a mutant. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they're going to end that because it kind of seems like it's like they're the only people like that right now. Right, yeah. At least that they've shown us. So having to deal with that because it looks like the rest of the world just wants to get rid of the, any trace of a mutant. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a theory going around. So people have been telling me that in the Old Man Logan comic, it starts out with Wolverine being mind controlled or something by a villain called Doctor Sinister or Mister Sinister. Um, hope I'm getting that right. And he actually kills all the mutants, and that's the like the prologue to. Old Man Logan, and then Old Man Logan opens up like 10, 25, I don't know how many years later, and he's old, and mutants are extinct, and it's the post-apocalyptic wasteland in the Marvel Universe. Um, so I don't know if they're going to do that in this, where they're going to open... Because what I'm hearing right now is that Dr. Sinister... D- Dr. Sinister? Mr. Sinister is not in the movie, but that... You know, my theory is maybe that they're not showing that scene because they don't want to spoil it, and... Uh, so maybe that'll be like a prologue scene in the beginning of the movie. We'll see. We'll get kind of we'll get our cake and eat it too. We'll have Logan in his traditional Wolverine costume. We'll see Mister Sinister, which I guess a lot of X Men fans have wanted to see. Uh, he'll kill all the mutants. Maybe we'll get some cameos from older uh, X Men characters, and then that's where we'll open up with Logan. It's like twenty five, thirty years later, he's done some bad things, and he doesn't want to be referred to as Wolverine anymore because of what he did. Uh, and he can't get over that trauma. Right. Uh, of course, this is his last one, Hugh Jackman's last Wolverine movie, which... Um, maybe? maybe? Maybe, because now there's talk about him being in Deadpool, which, I mean, that in, yeah. in a pr- I think that's the only situation you could really, really do bring him back. I, I know you don't really like Deadpool, but right. um, 
if you know the comic lore, you know those two kind of work together really well. So I think in an, in the best case scenario, Hugh Jackman will be either in Deadpool 2 as Logan or Wolverine, or they will make a Deadpool 3 and Wolverine will be in that movie. Because um, it technically will still be his last movie, but it'll be like in the past before the events of Logan. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. Um, fingers crossed. I think Hugh Jackman's still very adamant about this being his last one. Um, and it, it, maybe it'll be refreshing for him to have a supporting role in a Deadpool movie. Um, but yeah, it, it, the trailer looks great. Um, this is one of my most anticipated movies of 2017. Uh, it look, I love the idea of going for this gritty, dark Western, mm-hmm. making it feel like an actual, uh, almost like an Oscar worthy film versus a, uh, a big CG fest action right. superhero movie. Right. And, um, yeah, there's something I wanted to say about the trailer, uh, again, about the, uh, the tone. Uh, oh, sorry. Yes. I remember. <laughs> oh man. It's been a long day. Uh, so the first trailer I felt focused on the tone, the dark, gritty tone, setting that tone. Uh, and I think that may have been a little misleading for people. And so this trailer was released to let people know we're still going to have fun with this movie. Right. It's not, it's not going to be sad fest. Right. It's, it's going to be, but we're still going to have fun. It's still going to be, it's still the same old Logan and, uh, professor X that we know and love. It's just the last time. So I think that's the, the main point of this trailer. And, uh, yeah, once again, can't wait for this movie. All right. Uh, oh, wait, no. S- still on number one, Power Rangers. I almost forgot to talk about Power Rangers. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm not a fan of Power Rangers. I don't know the lore very well. Yeah. What I do know, I've learned from my roommates because one of them is a big Power Rangers fan. I know there's characters in the lore like Rita Repulsa and Alpha Six or something, a robot, and then this giant face dude named... Um, Zordon, um, all these weird elements from previous Power Rangers movies and television shows. Um, and seeing all that come together in this trailer and all the action and the giant robot dinosaur type thing and the gold dragon, um, it's all really cool. I actually yeah. really, I actually think I like this trailer more than the Logan trailer. Wow. I was thoroughly entertained. Um, I, I, Kind of, I watched Power Rangers here and there as a kid. I never knew what was going on. I was never really got into anything that was going on, but I liked what I saw. It was kind of a cool science fiction y superhero type thing, and um, seeing it uh, translate onto the big screen with this, you know, $100 million budget, uh, all, this, all these other special effects, and it looks like a really good movie. I mean, it doesn't look like the best movie of the year, but. I think this is a potential franchise starter, and I'm hoping it's good because I like everything I see, uh, from the effects to uh, Brian Cranston is playing the the floating head Zordon. So that's all exciting. Um, are you mutually interested yeah, in I mean, Power Rangers? I never was. I mean, I you know we all kind of grew up knowing about Power Rangers, but right. like, uh, I think like some of us really became fans of Power Rangers. Right. I never really got into them, but. Um, just so judging the trailer just from like kind of an outsider's view i mean uh they're definitely touching on um they kind of improved obviously like the look of the power rangers and everything to like make it look cinematic yeah and everything um suits were awesome <laughs> yeah so that those elements were really cool 
I'm interested to see because like I could foresee it becoming something where it's really cheesy and to a point where because you you're kind of dealing with a content that's kind of an old style super and it's known movie. for being very cheesy. It's known for being cheesy. You're dealing with a lot of cheesy content, which it's kind of a hard balance because you've got probably half your audience that wants kind of that cheesiness to it, and then half your audience who maybe like us or you know they're kind of like I just want to see a good movie. I don't I don't really want right. to feel like your cheesiness because I'm not a fan of it. Um, so that would be an interesting balance because I, I saw both in there and it can yeah. kind of turn into this fest of like, okay, this is just too much for me or, you know, it might surprise us and, you know, it will really push forward. Um, yeah. The comedy lands in some cases, like the, the, I'm black, I'm blue. You're not black. Yeah, I am. No, you're not. I love that joke. That is the funniest thing in the entire trailer. Um, and then stuff like, Pee in that cup. <laughs> it's like what? What is this? Is this mother a, a doctor or something? Why does she have a a, a peeing it's cup? It's randomly there. So yeah, a lot, some of it doesn't work. Some of it does. Um, and for me, I I thought it. I think it kind of looks like what the Fantastic Four reboot should have been. They even use the song from one of the trailers for Fantastic Four. I think, mm. uh, which is hilarious because. I was. This is kind of the tone that I thought Fantastic Four was going to take, and then it turned up in, into a giant heaping pile of uh, dog crap. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's huge. I mean, pretty pretty large budget and everything. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, it really depends too on like who who they're targeting. Are they targeting teenagers? Like, because you know, obviously these guys are supposed to be teenagers, right? I think that, that that world. So, are they kind of targeting that person? Or are they aiming for a wider audience? I think they've found a middle ground where they can target fans of the franchise, but they're also targeting newcomers. And the tr- I think the tr- like us being newcomers, I think especially for me since I love it the trailer so much, it it works. It works really well. And seeing the response to this trailer from other people, it just goes to show how it's going to be received. Um, hope, I mean, it may be a piss-poor movie. It may it be the be. worst thing of 2017. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I judge things based on what they give me, and I, they've given me nothing to uh, assume that it's going to be a bad movie. Right. You know, sure, the comedy doesn't land most of the time, but that's excusable in most cases. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll see a movie just to see Brian Cranston's floating head <laughs> in one of those, it looks like those, uh, what are those games where you put your face in there? Oh, yeah, like the little form. The imprint. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but that's what I thought of. Um, so, yeah, the Logan trailer was great. Power Rangers trailer was great. I am more veering towards the Power Rangers trailer being the better one of the two. Which one was your favorite? Oh, man, that's tough. I would have to say just because I, I kind of like the Logan trailer a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But that's more because it's more towards my like genre, like stuff I like right. within like superhero. It was kind of aiming towards more of a dramatic feel. Um, but they both were really entertaining. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what each one because they're both don't know exactly what we're going to be getting. Yet, right. So. Cool. All right. Moving right along. Number two, uh, Lucasfilm came out with a confirmation that they will not be recreating Leia via CGI in Star Wars Episode Eight or Nine. Um, thinking about it now, I don't know why they would recreate her in 8 because she shot all her scenes, but if they wanted to maybe tie up some loose ends in episode 8 or create a new storyline to end her story in episode 8, they might have to recreate her CGI in episode 8. But this is more about episode 9. Um, I am a little confused because based on what I've heard from the general audience and myself, 
and talking with you, JJ, I don't, I didn't see a problem to recreate Leia via CGI because, because I think it's the best option you have in respecting Carrie Fisher, ending Princess Leia's uh, story arc in the Star Wars universe and sending her off in a very poetic way. Right. Um, now that this option has been axed, the other options are to write her out, which is a terrible idea in my opinion, or recast her. And I am not so... I mean, people. some people are... I've been persuaded to think that recasting could be a good idea, but that's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it's Princess Leia. No, you're talking about like, because like, I think anytime you're going back in time, like that worked really well with CGI for Leia. Mm-hmm. I think that they could do that again. I mean, if they want to recast her, I guess that's fine. I would say like, but since you've already showed us the CGI abilities with somebody that's younger, if you're going to do anything else with that. Right. But for the, you know, for where she was at now with episode eight, I think, I, and I've heard some rumors, um, a lot of rumors that they're just going to have her die out after that they're gonna have some reason for her to for yeah. this to happen, which I can I can definitely see. I can see like where that would be like that's gonna be tough, but like I think it's gonna be really difficult because you probably would hit a lot of roadblocks with trying to recreate her as CGI with that with it being so soon too with her being you know with her death with her death yeah um, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I could see like where that would just maybe turn some fans off and stuff. Um, I hope that they can. I know they will, but it'll just challenge them to kind of find a way to mold their story moving forward. Yeah, um, definitely. To kind of either push her out or to find another actress to audition for it. So. Yeah, I just. That's hard for me to picture just somebody else in that role. Like, if you. Like, say you put Meryl Streep in there, it's like, I, I will only see Meryl Streep. So if they get a nobody, or not a nobody, but somebody less significant to play. Right, Leia, yeah. um, and I think I'd be okay with that because I, I think Carrie Fisher would want the legacy and the role to continue. I don't think I think killing her out is not an option. Right. Um, so if they can find some way without using CGI, I still think that was the best uh, option. But if they uh, if if they can't do that, and if they don't want to do that, if they think if the family doesn't want to do that, then I think. Um, then, we're just gonna have to live with it, and, that, and that's it's the family's choice, and we have to respect their choice. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I mean, it opens up. There's, you know, obviously they have a, a timeline of what they were, what they're expecting for these next several films. Right. So, um, and they've said that her. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was gonna say like I wonder. I'm curious how much she was gonna be involved with future films, or if they were kind of expecting her to kind of her her role was or, supposed to be expanded as the films. So like episode eight, she's going to have a much bigger role and then episode nine she's going to have an even larger role than that so it was really significant so they have major rewrites to do or major it's it's, so that's why these conversations are so important it's literally the future of these films is on the line right now and the thing they also stressed was that there's two pivotal scenes that leo um has filmed or has yet to film and that's the meeting with luke skywalker and the confrontation with kylo ren I don't know if both of those are in episode eight, um, or maybe one of them is in episode eight. We'll find out. But uh, it'll be interesting. But then again, you know, when you throw an obstacle at you know at writers and brilliant filmmakers, they kind of make you know movie magic happen. Right. And yeah. Might end up causing it to a unique way, but it will always remember it as like what would it have been like 
to have continued with Carrie Fisher. You know? Right, yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see if, if they do change anything significantly, what that original draft of Episode Nine looked like. Yeah. Um, all right, moving right along. Number three, Tangled's getting a sequel on TV. Uh, the Tangled movie is going to t- or the Tangled series is going to TV with a TV sequel called Tangled Before Ever After, which will then pave the way for a series called Tangled the Series. Um, it's going to be a 2D computer animated um, TV series. Um, we've already gotten two trailers for it. Rapunzel's hair grows back somehow. Um, I'm a big fan of Tangled. It's one of my favorite Disney Princess movies, um, coming in at number two under Moana now. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Um, But I'm really excited for this. I mean, honestly, if I had my way, I'd rather give Frozen the series and give Tangled the animated sequel, like the big budget theatrical sequel. But um, then again, we get more time and more adventures with the Tangled gang if we have this series. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. They got the original cast, Mandy Moore, Zachary Levi. Um, they're both back to voicing their characters, which I think just goes to show how, how significant this show is. It's not just a spinoff where they recast the roles. They got the original voice actors. Yeah. Um, so that's no cheap thing. Yeah. It's not, (laughs) they're not going cheap. Exactly. They got the original guys. And I think that's really important. Um, and it looks great. The animation looks great. It's, it's nice to see, uh, uh, you know, studios throw a bone to 2D animation. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the, the series premiere and go forward. What do you think? Um, I'm I'm excited because, I, I, but also there's some hesitations I have with it because I like the fact that they're taking all the detail with getting the original cast and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're obviously going to spend a little bit more money than they usually would. Right. But um, I never like these animated reboots as far as as far as uh, well it's a sequel well sequel to like uh, when they're doing it in tv oh. just, they're never the same you know they're just i mean and i guess it's more aimed towards you know disney channel kids audience is, which is yeah. you know so with that like it'll probably be good for what it is but like you said i kind of agree with you i would have rather probably seen maybe a tangled uh, you know a second tangled movie versus like frozen mm-hmm. but um you know but also at the same time tangle was kind of this unique in a way it was like it's its own movie and it's not it's kind of almost better that they don't continue it because right. it's just so great in itself it's such a perfect piece that right. i feel like it would be i mean unless they came up with a really cool story idea but then i didn't want it to be some stereotypical like oh well they had a kid and now <laughs> this kid's gonna have trouble too and like they're gonna have she's this, gonna grow hair she's gonna have long hair but it's gonna be black <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be black <laughs> And she's black too. (laughs) Oh boy! Wow, the adopted. What's going on? Um, So, just I I don't know what to think. I mean, for what it is, like I said, for Disney Channel, it'll probably be great. It'll probably be fun. Right. Um, Nothing that's supposed to bring in maybe a larger audience that's past like kids and stuff for Disney Channel. Yeah. Um, So it'll be good for what it is. But um, I wasn't too much of a fan of it. But yeah. Well, let's hope it's good. Um, let's hope that idea never, never happens what we just pitched. Yeah. Don't listen to us, Disney. Don't listen to us. All right. Moving right along to topic number four. Ben Affleck has been getting a lot of crap about uh, the Batman. People have been asking, when's it coming out? Is it actually happening? Is it in trouble? Is it? It's not happening. Oh, my gosh. Ben Affleck's going to leave the project. And he's been trying to tell fans to chill the F out. <laughs> stop freaking out. Stop getting on his case. It's going to get made. It's going to happen. Just let him work. And I couldn't agree more. Um, 
I'm really excited about Ben Affleck directing The Batman. He's one of my favorite working directors today, and I, I hated Batman v Superman, but I loved his Batman. I can completely agree that his Batman is the best Batman we've ever gotten, and it, it's kind of it's it's funny and kind of uh, cool to imagine Ben Affleck in a bat suit directing the Batman movie while playing the Batman. <laughs> I just can't wait to see that. After that, he wrote the Batman. I can't, after he wrote the Batman, I can't <laughs> wait to see that behind-the-scenes image. Um, but seriously, the movie's not in trouble. He, all these rumors going around that it's not going to happen, it's, they're just not true. There's nothing to back it up. Yeah. And he's gone on to say that it's going to happen. It's going to work. Just give him time. Yeah, I think what might be something that's leaning behind this is because, well, movies, for people that don't know, movies, especially at this scale, take a good long time to make. At and least four years. I, yeah, at least. I mean, we're looking like six to eight usually. So I don't know if they're speeding up this process or not, but it's going to take at least that long. And it's been, it, he basically like kind of announced from the beginning that he wanted to redo this. So fans have from like from day one when he was thinking about it were like, mm-hmm. he's going to do this. So I think yeah. that we're kind of like, well, normally when we would hear something, about this time we would start seeing content and we'd start seeing what was going on. Right. But like now it's, you know, we're seeing it from he's developing it right now. He's probably writing it and perfecting the writing right now. Like mm-hmm. They have a long ways to go. So people just need to understand that the film process, I mean, there's so much involved. There's so much, you know, a lot of content. And for something like this, where you've had a ton of other Batman films to mm-hmm. back up this character and everything, right. he wants to make sure he just, you know, he does justice to the character, to the storyline, and gives something that the audience has been wanting to see mm-hmm. that he has as a vision. So that's going to take a lot of time to incorporate on it top is. of dealing with huge studios with enormous amounts of money and all mm-hmm. these other things coordinate. So it's coming. It's just the films take a ton of time and a ton of money. So yeah. be patient. And another thing, I understand, you know, some people are concerned about, um, you know, the DC universe is not, it's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, I I will argue Batman or Batman v Superman. Man of Steel is a masterpiece, but BVS, Suicide Squad are terrible films. Most of those, yeah. Um, and I understand the fear going into the Batman now, um, but think about it this way: they gave uh, they gave David Ayer, director of Suicide Squad, six weeks to write the script. That is that is like that those six. Tins. That's like development process, like. <laughs> Oh, let's map out the story. That's six weeks of... It's like enough time to come up with an idea. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, it's stupid. So I, I for one, do not want them to make make Ben Affleck come up with a story in six weeks. That's ridiculous. So if this movie has to to come out in 2019 for it to be good... I'm totally fine with that. We also have to consider that you already threw out Batman versus Superman. You already right. threw out that, that film with him in it. So you've got to figure out how you're going to now present the new Batman. Uh, like how you're going to course correct. Same guy, exactly. So you're not only dealing with like, it's like almost having to be like, take two steps back after you already took a big chunk and threw it out there. Right. So people already have all this bad taste in their mouth for like what happened. And so now they've got to 
figure out how to make it come out even better right. so that people are like, okay, this is what I wanted. This is and what Batman. Yeah, hopefully Wonder Woman and Justice League will True. will help with that I think that's going to be a huge impact because that's honestly like the first DC movie that I've even cared to even watch the trailer about was Wonder, Wonder Woman. Because like, I, I thought it was going to be crap as well because uh, most of the other stuff has been. Mm-hmm. So watching that, I was like, okay, this has actually got an interesting storyline. I love like the structure of it. I love, yeah, and, and yeah. So... If that does well, I think it'll help them a lot. But um, if it doesn't, I don't know. DC yeah. has not had a good track record with films. It, I don't know what it is, but they have not gotten the traction like Marvel. I mean, has. it's it's catch up. They're trying to play catch up with Marvel, and it's just not working. Um, so yeah, everybody, calm down about Batman v Superman. No, no, don't calm down about Batman v Superman. It's a terrible movie, <laughs> in my opinion. Calm down about the Batman. It's gonna be great it's gonna be awesome ben affleck's gonna do a great job just let him work yeah it's a lot of time okay all right number five <laughs> i've been laughing about this all all day <laughs> patrick stewart is gonna be voicing the poop emoji in the <laughs> god-awful emoji movie idea well he might uh, just make it like, i i mean glorious, i don't usually so. <laughs> i don't like to curse on the show but i will this is what i wrote in my notes for the lineup. Patrick Stewart is going to voice shit in the emoji movie. Um, sorry, I had to say it. It's so funny. That's I, fantastic. I mean, look, look, I love Patrick Stewart. He's Professor he's, X. He's, he's on Star Trek. He's phenomenal. Phenomenal he's actor. actor. He's yeah. Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, just one of the greatest yeah. actors to out ever. Yeah. Greatest actors out there. But this is just why. Why is he oh sinking to such... A low level. Hey, if somebody asked me to voice the voice of poop, I think I would be kind of intrigued <laughs> I, to be like, you know what? We deal with this our whole uh, lives. Man, I, let me give him a voice. Right, but <laughs> but the, the, I remember the day this was announced. Okay. I was just about to go into a class, and I got a text. The Emoji Movie is happening from Sony Pictures. I'm like, what in the actual hell <laughs> is happening? And, like, nothing looks good about this movie. The synopsis looks dumb. The the characters look dumb. The whole thing just looks dumb. I think it might almost, like, potentially, like, they know it's going to be dumb, so they're going to just play off how dumb it is. Maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe it might be better than the Lego movie. I, I, maybe. But that's I think a it's stretch. going along with that. Because, I mean, look at the Lego movie. It's got a huge audience for it being so dumb. Right, but the Lego... I don't know... Because I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> there's some people out there who just want to watch stupid things. Just I to guess. watch stupid things. And I, I think guess. it's going to have a large audience because you're going to go there just to laugh about some Patrick Stewart's voice voicing poop. I mean, that's why right. you're going to this movie. Which <laughs> kind of makes me laugh. I'm kind of excited just because I love Patrick Stewart. But, yeah, I right. agree. it's going to be a terrible movie. But awesome maybe at the same time. Yeah. But with the, with the Lego movie, I, maybe I was in the minority, but I was excited because I knew that – like the Legos are actually like minifigures and actual people, so you can actually build a original story off yeah. of Legos. Yeah. These are freaking faces. There's like uh, ice cream cones and and flags and plus and minus signs and <laughs> poop. It's like, why would you make a movie about that? I mean, it, it just seems like a total waste of time and money. And you know, I mean, yay for them for. Going off of the whole, this is going to be really stupid, um, playing off that. But it's, probably, it's purely for entertainment because it's, it's not for a story. 
idea. It's not to continue it. I think it's mainly just to be like, okay, here's a bunch of emojis that we all know on our phone. Yeah. They have voices and they're voiced by Patrick Stewart. They're one of those, Enjoy yeah. with all the stupidness, mm-hmm. you know? So I, it'll probably make money. It'll probably do okay. It'll but, be yeah. terrible. But, you know. <laughs> I, hope this, I hope this movie just dies the day it comes out. I hope it dies. But we got to make room for emoji too. Hell no. People think Trump is a sign of the apocalypse. This is the sign of the apocalypse. The end of the world is not going to be Trump. It's going to be the Emoji Movie. And it's going to be voiced by Patrick Stewart. Great. Great. Okay. All right. So that was the top five of the week running down the list. Number one, the Logan and Power Rangers trailer. Number two, Leia will not be CGI to Star Wars 8 or 9. Tangled before ever after sequel announced. Ben Affleck tells people to chill out about the Batman, and Patrick Stewart voices poop in the Emoji Movie. Just look at that. This is fantastic. Uh, I guess. I mean, if anything, I'll just I'll just watch it for Patrick Stewart because that'll be fun. All right. Um, now on to our topic of the week. Moving on to a little more serious note. Um, JJ, I asked JJ to be on the show specifically to talk about the movie Silence, which he and I and Shelby Turner got to see together. I think it was wasn't it was an advanced screening, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, it was like a week and a half ago. It was a week and a half ago, like like I think like a whole three days before it came out. Um, three days, oh my gosh! <laughs> well, it had been out, out for a while before that with limited release. Yeah, like, right. Nearest, so just, I, it just dawned. It was like, pretty. Oh, wait, right. I was pretty impressed that we found a limited release showing because those aren't hard to find, or those are hard to find. Excuse me. Uh, um, so. We both walked out of that theater. Um, by the way, this is this is our review essentially. So we're going to be reviewing the sounds yeah. for the rest of the episode. This is this movie. We both walked out with two radically different opinions. I loved it, and you hated it. <laughs> I would say I hated it because, like, I, I think at first my first. I mean, I'm just paraphrasing. Right, right, no, sure. Um, I think that was my first reaction to it. But, you know, sitting and letting it kind of, you know, thinking about the film and stuff, it's so deep. I mean, you, you can't help but think about it for the next couple of days. Right. Uh, so, so really quick, let's just give briefly our say, like, what, what exactly your gut reaction did you not like? I think my gut reaction was the film, the film's message was deep in a sense that you had to know enough about the Catholic faith in order to get the right, uh, for people to understand it the way it's supposed to be understood. Uh-huh. And it, I don't think that it was a message that would be clear enough, and I don't think that people needed to hear that message because it was confusing. Um, With the the message being the message being about like the silence of God and um, kind of like the overall meaning of the film. Um, <clears throat> so, with that, I guess going more into deeper with that, um, it's. Because, you know, it's based on these two Jesuit priests that are going over to find this um, priest who had taught them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had heard that he would um, apostatize. Apostatized. And yeah. they couldn't believe it. So they go over there. They go through all this turmoil. They see all these um, horrible things. They see the people that they're, you know, administering, you know, they're ministering to. They they die. Um, they sacrifice themselves. And then when it comes down to them, the first priest, his friend, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Adam Driver. Adam Driver, the one that was played by Adam Driver, he sacrifices himself and dies as a martyr. And then when it comes down to the... Spoilers! <laughs> yes, spoilers. Um, the lead character, Andrew Garfield, when it comes down to him, obviously, 
underneath torture, underneath, you know, being uh, tested psychologically mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. weeks and months at a time. And then also with his, you know, the person that uh, is played by Liam Neeson, uh, his mentor that, uh, that he went to save when he's telling him to give in. I mean, he ultimately gives in and steps on God. Now, the image of God, the yeah. image of God, which is what they would do to say, you know, I they're form of ostracizing. Yeah, sure. So some people brought the argument that like, well, who cares? It's just an image. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, that doesn't mean he could have right. held his faith in the whole time. And um, but one point I'd like to bring up is that that's what the government wanted them to do. That's exactly what the course that he wanted them to take. And then also stepping on the image, you could say, well, of course, the image, it's just an image. It's not God. We're not mm-hmm. worshiping the image, but it's more so the outward action that you're taking is saying, I deny God. That step forward. So that's what he did. He fully did that. Mm-hmm. And then living <clears throat> under, you know, in hiding is exactly what, you know, like I was saying, exactly what the government wanted to do. I would say the true heroes in this film were the people that they were with that died, you know, that were crucified in the film. Um, became you know, martyrs. To death, became martyrs. I would say those are the true heroes. Those are the people that really inspired me the most. But at the same point, I think this film's really important for the right people. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I really gained a lot from watching it because um, I saw myself in a lot of the characters in my own spiritual you know, dealings uh, throughout my life. Um, we don't have physical trials like these people do, but we have more spiritual trials. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Andrew Garfield, I mean, how many times have we, like, done that with sin? I mean, how many times have we said, like, I'm going to choose this sin to give in to this or to that mm-hmm. and deny God, you know, and we give in really easily. Um, and I also saw myself as, um, what was the friend of theirs that would always come back for um, oh, forgiveness? Oh, uh, Chikichiro. Yes. He would always come back, and I saw myself in him. I mean, I'm constantly that person going back to confession saying I've done the same thing over again. I've done the same right. thing over again. We all have experienced that. Um, talking Const- from a yeah. Catholic perspective, that is. Constantly asking for um, God's forgiveness, right? And yeah. you, you know, and even uh, you know, as a Christian perspective, you're always asking for God's forgiveness. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of importance. You just really should know the story, and you should know really what I would encourage people who don't know the Christian or Catholic faith, uh, well, the Christian faith, to really um, to uh, to do some research and understand it before you judge the film, mm-hmm. because that's really important. Because honestly, it is terrible that these both that this priest gave in and so did the uh, uh Neeson's character father ferrera father ferrera um but that they were kind of it's kind of to show like how how we are in our lives that's mm-hmm. how what i took from yeah. it so i think it's really important um it was important for me because it really reminded me of myself and my struggles and it's kind of like god i hope that i don't become that i hope i don't do that in my life at right. some point because it's i mean i can imagine being in their position i can imagine being underneath that torture and being faced with that decision that you step on this or die I yeah mean, or the psychological pressure I'm not, a lot you of know things. i feel a ton of empathy for those characters i'm not saying that they're bad in any way and that they had bad intentions but you can't deny god you know and that's not yeah. something that should be encouraged and i feel like the average person perhaps will take that as that's what the meaning of the film was yeah. And the silence of God, he's not there. You know, this stuff that we struggle with. And I think it screams Scorsese's struggle in life because he's a fallen away Catholic. And I think these are things that he turmoils with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope, you know, I don't know exactly where he's coming from, so I can't judge him. But I hope it's not a scream of like, well, these are things I'm struggling with and I'm trying to make up, make it feel better for myself. Yeah. That I'm kind of like, I know God, but I'm going to keep it silent. Like, you have to 
God says how many times you have to live out yeah. full and loud, and you have to. I mean, even if that leads to your death, I mean, that's that's our call as Christians and as Catholics. And, mm-hmm. um, Go ye to all the world and preach the gospel. Exactly, exactly. So that those were my um, criticisms of the film. I loved the film as far as like cinematically, story. I mean, brilliant. This touches me. Scorsese always does a brilliant job. So mm-hmm. I think it's a really important film. I just think people need to make sure that they educate themselves properly before they judge it. Right. Yeah, uh, so for me, my gut reaction to this movie was that it was phenomenal. Uh, from beginning to end, I didn't... Uh, and the reason why was because I saw uh, Andrew Garfield's character, um, Sebastian Rodriguez, I saw his fall as a very human touch. Um, I saw that as... We always have our stumbles. We always we all stumble. We all fall. We all fall into sin, and sometimes we're convinced that we're we're irreparable and that we can't pull ourselves out of this rut. And we we forget that no, that's not the case. Um, while yes, sin is sin is not okay, and you shouldn't sin. We're human, and because of the fall, uh, we are inclined to give in to our human desires or what is easy. And, you know, Father uh, Rodriguez in the movie um, was probably the strong... I mean, aside from the martyrs and the many uh, Japanese people that died in the movie, uh, in the story, he shows the most um, resistance. He, he never, ever, ever gave in. And this movie takes place over the course of maybe, I don't know, five years maybe? I'm, I'm spitballing here, but um, he, he he goes through so much psychological torture and, and physical torture to the point where at that point you feel sympathy for him. To the, you understand why he falls because it, it is human. Um, but his downfall is he really, as a priest and as a holy man of God, he thinks he is irreparable, like he's done. He's apostatized, and there's no going back. But then Chikichiro, who constantly comes back begging for forgiveness and confession, um, he almost comes off as an annoyance. But then after I thought about it, I realized he is the most important character in this entire movie because through in the, in the end of the movie, it's a year, probably a year after, he, after Garfield apostatizes, um, and... Shikichiro comes to him and is like, you know, I need confession. I need, I need your, I need God's forgiveness. He's like, no, I don't do that anymore. And then there's a very sincere moment where Father Rodriguez realizes that he, God's always there in the silence, and he, he's, he never left, um, and he never abandoned uh, Father Rodriguez. He was always there, even in the silence of his sufferings and that he shouldn't abandon his faith because of his, because of the silence, because God is not, because we can't hear or see God essentially. And so he, he, he ends up through Chikichiro. He sees that and he comes back to the faith, but then yes, he keeps it in silence. And my offense initially was, well, what's the point of, of, uh, what's the point of, proclaiming his faith at that point. There's no point. No, nothing's going to happen. Um, so essentially the movie ends with him living the rest of his life, uh, the rest of his faith in silence, which 
and and then you know I, I, like JJ, it sat with me, and I realized that wait, like no, hold on a second. That's if that's the message, like you said about Christianity should be reverence should be within the silence of ourselves. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be proclaimed throughout the world. Then no, that's 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 wrong. Because as we said, go go ye to all the world and preach the gospel. That was that was God's message to us through Jesus Christ. Right. And to what? to reject that mm-hmm. and to say that that is the message of the movie right. um, is completely off. It's out of context. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it speaks loud volumes for where we're at in our society too, especially with like where we're. Um, particularly where me and Vince are going into the film industry. I mean, that's a lot of the attitude towards Christianity. Not all the time, but um, there's large portions of the time that's the way it is. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's great that you have this Christian faith. Good for you. You know, this is nice. Just keep it to yourself and don't talk about it. And don't, you know, I don't want to hear about it. Right. Which, you know, um, it's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not how we can live as Christians and Catholics. And, um, you have to live to proclaim the gospel, you know, and um, that doesn't mean in every aspect you have to be yelling around Jesus and all these different things, you know, right, but yeah. um, there's times where you have to be quiet, but when it comes time, there's certain things that we can't back down from, you know, that we can't deny and we have to defend our faith. Right. And um, in those moments, that's when they want us to kind of just keep it to ourselves. And that's, that's not true. Cause I wouldn't even want somebody who is a Muslim or is a Jew or anybody else to, to just sit down and not defend their faith. If I am attacking it, whether directly or indirectly, because that's especially with it being America, that's what makes America so great. Like I want yeah. to hear your opinion. I can fully disagree with that, and it ultimately comes down to what's keeping us the most safe. But with Christian and Catholic faith, we're, it's a peaceful, very peaceful religion. It's all about love, and it's about finding God and finding God in other people. Right. So that's never an issue. Um, so I think that that was you know for both of us, it was kind of like we kind of came from it from two different angles, and we kind of found. We kind of saw more. We found Scorsese. a middle ground, yeah. essentially, what after Scorsese sitting was, on it. Exactly. What Scorsese was trying to say, and our fear, I guess, would be that we want to make sure people understand really take the time that, yeah. to understand what the film is about and what it's supposed to invoke, because it can invoke some things that are not supposed to be. Right. So. Because um, yeah, if you if you like you said, really think about it, um, Kylo Ren's the hero in this movie. <laughs> um, right. Adam Driver. Um, if you didn't catch that reference, because um, he dies trying to save um, the Japanese people being uh, thrown overboard, mm-hmm. and he drowns. He drowns trying to save these people, and it's like, okay, he's probably the the real hero of this movie, right? Um, even though he is maybe a little weaker in certain it areas, seems like it, yeah. Um, just well, according to the movie, and really quick, I want to touch on something you said. That we find God in other people, and that was very, very, very um, eminent in this movie, when they're going around, they're going to these Japanese villages, and they're doing confessions and masses and baptisms, and these people are just enthralled with these priests and they're what they're doing, and like like we we're saying, th- these people are probably the strongest people in the entire movie. They're, yeah. They their soul is been years so on fi- yeah, yeah, their soul is so on fire for with the love of God and then to see them, uh, being killed for their, for their faith, dying as martyrs, um, was incredibly moving. Yeah. Um, so just wanted to point out that, and then there aren't a lot of, uh, starring roles in this. There's, you know, 
four, maybe, if you count Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver, uh, Lee Neeson, and uh, Stephen Hans, who plays the, the priest in the beginning of the movie. Right. Um, we're, we're actually reading the book right now in our global history culture class. Um, so we kind of had a sense of what it was like going in. Um, not a clear sense, but I guess it's, I guess it's informed my reading of the book now. I understand it a little more because I'm more of a visual person than an, a yeah. reading person. So, um, yeah, I guess final closing thoughts, JJ. What did you overall briefly summarize? What did you think of the movie? That was a, a brilliantly made film. I think it, it, you could tell the amount of time that was spent um, in making it a brilliant film. I f- feel like it was a cry out from Scorsese about things that he really struggles with. Um, and I think that it's really important for everybody to hear uh, important for everybody to see, but just make sure you kind of know the context of what you're supposed to see it with. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Uh, beautifully shot, beautifully directed, beautifully acted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a gorgeous movie. And also I want to put a little emphasis on the use of silence. There's little to no music in this movie. And if it is, it's yeah, it's Japanese instruments and they're used very minimally. I loved that. I, no that was orchestra, like only no orchestra. Part. And I think that really helps set the tone of the movie. I just that's probably my favorite part of the entire thing cinematically is that there is is the the presence of silence is kind of its own character in the movie. Yeah. Um but yes, it definitely shows puts an emphasis on Scorsese's struggles with the faith. It's definitely his most personal film. I wouldn't say it's it's his best film. Right. Um but the performances are great. Andrew Garfield definitely deserves a nomination for uh for best actor. Um beginning to end uh, highly gripping and emotional and entertaining. Um, but yeah, our, our issues with the message are definitely eminent. And uh, we just want to make sure people know that that to, to keep your faith to yourself, if that is the message of the movie, if that was Scorsese's intent, is not what being Christian is about. It's about proclaiming your faith and being loud and proud about it. Not every waking moment of your life but right, when there's it's times to be quiet but then there's times to really speak out. yeah when it's necessary um so yes please hopefully you guys uh, hear our words out and uh, do with them what you will and uh that is our review of silence yeah and uh i think that's yeah we're, we're about done here we're gonna guess we'll close it out um jj thank you for being on the show of course thank you for having me where can the kids find you uh, they can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, just look up JJ Schindler. It's a pretty uncommon name, so you should be able to find me pretty quick. Yep, yep, yep. Not to be f- confused with uh, JJ Abrams. Yeah, of course. I mean, he hasn't directed anything. Yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, you've directed something. What am I saying? I, 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 I nothing of his skin. I freaking <laughs> worked on one of your films, or both of your films, actually. Mm, what am I saying? Most I'm of sorry. My films. Most of my films. Yeah, <laughs> you've worked on most of mine, so it's True. it's only a fair trade. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we were ending. <laughs> we were ending, yeah. Um, all right, you guys can follow me on all my social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube. Um, nice uh, review or trailer reaction for Logan is out right now. You can check that out on my YouTube channel. All my social media links will be linked in the – will be linked – will be put in the description below. Uh, a lot of news came out over the week that I couldn't cover, so I will just say next week we're going to be talking about – Things like Miles Morales animated movie for Spider-Man, uh, the Black Adam spinoff announced, Green Lantern Corps shortlists announced, stuff like that we'll be covering next week. So yeah, we're going to close this out. Happy Inauguration Day. Thank you all for watching. Enjoy your weekend. God bless and peace out. God bless.